0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. but Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether you're going to the season finale at Paul Brown Stadium or watching from your couch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching.
1: You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco, along with your co host, James Rapine. James, did you know that today is the last episode of 2020? The last episode of December? The last episode of the season. So many lasts. Technically the last episode of the decade, right? Because decades start on 21, not 20.
0: It's a new day in 2021, Jake. Smile. Get ready. New day 2021. It's happening. We've been
2: hearing new day for two years now. And uh, maybe third third time's the charm, right? It's got to be the charm. The Bengals have no choice. There are always choices. Everything's a choice, right? Everything's a choice. Today, we cross over with the Locked On Ravens podcast. Kevin Ostriker comes on, talks Ravens, talks Lamar Jackson, talks Marquise Brown a little bit. He's pretty confident in the Ravens this weekend and probably has reason to be, but we will also preview that game. This is also our last episode of the week. I didn't mention that final one earlier. We are off tomorrow. Happy New Year, by the way. Hope you guys have a safe and enjoyable time to ring in 2021. We're going to get started by looking at our injury report of the week. Unfortunately, we only have one to look at since we're off the rest of the week. But we will take a look at what's going on on Wednesday, see who's coming back, who's not. And T. Higgins is primed to potentially set some Bengals rookie receiving records. And we'll take a look at what he needs to do on Sunday against the Ravens to get there. But we'll get started with those injuries and we'll get into looking ahead to the Ravens game after that. Tyler Boyd, limited participant in practice after sustaining a concussion. That's a very good sign for him potentially playing in week 17 against the Ravens. And I'm sure Tyler, of all people, would love to play against the Ravens after what he did knocking them out of the playoffs a few years ago. Also, limited in practice were linebacker Jordan Evans and T. Higgins, both of them dealing with a hamstring issue. But of those guys that are limited, James, Tyler Boyd certainly the most noteworthy name, especially
0: given the Ravens' history. It's good to see him back. And you're no, no doubt about that. The one thing that the Ravens are thinking of and will be thinking of this weekend going into this game is 2017. And what Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd did to them then that propelled the Bills to the playoffs. I'm not saying it can happen this weekend or it's going to happen this weekend, but it certainly can happen. And uh, getting Tyler Boyd back on the field is going to make life much, much easier for a guy like Brandon Allen trying to keep things rolling under center.
2: In terms of things that don't look as positive for the Bengals this weekend, and we'll have to see what's going on with T. Higgins, who could set some records if he plays, and I expect that he likely will play. William Jackson, with that concussion, did not practice. He is very unlikely to return this week. And Logan Wilson, who's missed a couple games already with that ankle injury, continues to miss time and is unlikely to get back for that finale, I would say, given that he hasn't practiced in several weeks at this point. It's really an unfortunate ending to his rookie year for Logan Wilson. He was starting to build on something. It would have been nice to see him get through the whole thing and see where he ended up. We won't have that opportunity. And for William Jackson, his absence will just make it that much harder for this Bengals defense to close strong. After
0: they got absolutely gashed against Houston last week. And that's the challenge, right? Is showing that they can perform at a reasonably high level against a quarterback. And Lamar, who's playing better, I still don't think he's playing at the level that Deshaun Watson is this year, given the circumstances, but still playing well. And I think that offense in Baltimore is trending in the right direction. They decided to m- move off of Mark Ingram from a rotation standpoint now, and they're going with Dobbins, the kid from Ohio State. So, look, it's it's going to be a really tough challenge. You want to talk about the running game and being better against it. That That's the what the Ravens thrive with. That's what they begin with. That's what they end with. It starts with Lamar, but obviously they're going to try to run the ball like crazy on Sunday.
2: A couple other notes on the injury report. Mike Daniels, A.J. Green, Darius Phillips all didn't practice, but they were listed as not injury-related. They were just taking some rest days, so no big concerns there. Let's shift gears and talk about D. Higgins. Assuming he plays, he is dealing with that hamstring injury, which seems to have been nagging him since his pro day back at Clemson, even before the pro day at Clemson. He is one reception away from the Bengals' rookie receptions record. And a little bit harder to get to would be the Bengals' rookie receiving yards record. He would need to have a very, very big day to get there. But generally, he could get very close to A.J. Green's rookie line. A.J. finishes rookie season with 65 catches for 1,057 yards and 7 touchdowns. T. Higgins currently sitting at 67 receptions for 908 yards and 6 touchdowns. So, his favorite player... A.J. Green, now he gets to play with A.J. Green. He could wrap up his season by giving himself a stat line
0: that looks just like A.J. Green's rookie year. And if T has that type of day, uh, a 100-plus-yard day, a touchdown, and a bunch of catches, then I like the Bengals' chances, right? If they are moving the ball like that and he has those type of opportunities, then you you think that the Bengals are probably going to be in this game. And, And that would be great to see as they continue to try to make this push of momentum and take that into 2021. Speaking of AJ Green, he needs a touchdown. So maybe they'll fight over the the touchdown because uh, T can tie AJ, like you said. AJ can tie Chad Johnson, who AJ took the, the baton from essentially back in 2011 for the most receiving touchdowns in Bengals history. Chad has 66. AJ right behind him with 65. So this coaching staff... What do you do if you have to scheme one play? Are you getting AJ that that touchdown? Or are you going to go T's way because he's had more red zone success this year?
2: I think you got to try to get it for AJ, but ideally there are opportunities for both. And Brandon Allen can have a bit of a reprisal of his FedEx air player of the week performance that he had in week 16 against the Texans. And James, could you imagine if Brandon Allen does repeat that performance? That would be a mighty impressive And I think at that point, we're talking about this offensive coaching staff having turned a corner and really found their path because Baltimore's defense is certainly unlike any defense that they've been successful against this year. We'll talk about that challenge coming up next. The NFL coaching carousel is about to get kick-started and over at betonline.ag, a guy that's near and dear to many Bengals fans' hearts because I know a lot of you are Buckeyes fans, Urban Meyer. There's odds on him being an NFL head coach in the 2021 season. You can vote yes. You can put your money where your mouth is. Plus 150. No minus 200. So go get your bets on Urban Meyer over at betonline.ag, the place that has you covered for all of your sports betting and the one place we trust. You can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit right now using promo code LOCKEDON. And they've got any kind of betting that you could possibly desire when it comes to sports. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code that's locked on to get 50% added to your deposit as a welcome bonus the first time you deposit any money. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: James, this is the last football game we get to talk about until August of 2021. And the Bengals will be hosting the Ravens in a game that matters very little for them in terms of Anything except for draft status and feeling good in the locker room, I guess, going into the offseason. And they're going to get a pretty banged up Ravens secondary and actually Ravens defensive line, Yannick Ngakwe, not practicing on Wednesday. Goliath Campbell, probably not injury related. He's probably going to play, but he's a little bit banged up. Didn't practice on Wednesday either. Marlon Humphrey didn't practice. Jimmy Smith didn't practice. Marcus Peters was limited. That is a very banged-up secondary, and we talked a little bit about this is going to be a bigger challenge than some of the defenses they've played in the last few weeks. Well, if some of those guys don't play, that challenge gets a little bit mitigated, but Wink Martindale is going to be a lot harder to deal with than Romeo Cornell and the Houston Texans and having really only
0: one defender out there, J.J. Watt, for example. And that's the tough part is, you know, if these guys are out there, even if they're less than 100 percent, they're better at 70 percent than some of the guys you've been playing in recent weeks, specifically against the Texans last week when you had all of that success and looked like a well-oiled machine on offense. And it's it's going to be a good test, regardless of who's out there. You're right. And, and the key is Don Wink Martindale. We know he's a great defensive coordinator. I expect him to get some looks to potentially be a head coach. And it's. We saw it week five. Speaking of that, how he confused Joe Burrow. And I know Brandon Allen's been in the league for some years, but Burrow had just as many starts as Allen or had more starts. One more start than Allen did uh, entering his little stint of, uh, of starts here for the Bengals uh, a few weeks ago when, when Burrow went down. So this is going to be a challenge for Allen and it's going to be a challenge for Zach Taylor. And it's a good test to, to go up against a team that has to win. They have no choice. They're banged up. Their backs are against the wall And if you can go out there and have a good performance, then it says a lot about the direction of this team. I think that the injury questions,
2: and we'll have to see what happens on Sunday, will go a long way in informing just how meaningful the offensive success is. And I don't know about you, James, but I'm much more interested at this point in watching the offense than the defense in terms of evaluating the future, in terms of evaluating coaches. I know they don't have their quarterback but there's still a lot that we can try to learn about this offensive line. Is Fred Johnson a guy that can be a swing tackle for you going forward? Is Xavier Suofilo or Quentin Spain an actual answer or a reliable starter at the guard positions the way you know Dave Lapham kind of made it sound on the Bengals Booth podcast this week? Uh, a little note though, James, as I'm looking at this matchup over at PFF, there are a few worsts that are going to be on the field when the Bengals' offense is on the field and the Ravens' defense is on the field, as far as their grades and rankings go. Fred Johnson ranks 84th out of 84 tackles in terms of overall grade, 45.4. Hadn't noticed that before. I actually thought Fred played an okay game out there against the Texans. I, I think that Bobby Hart probably had a tougher game in pass protection, but he was also dealing with J.J. Watt a little bit more. And on the Ravens' side of the field, Patrick Queen, a guy that Bengals fans really, really wanted in the second round of the 2020 draft, a guy that Bengals fans were upset, went to Baltimore. I think a lot still are. He is eighty eighth out of 89 linebackers by PFF. 29.9
0: is his overall grade. 29. He had a fumble recovery against the Bengals in week five for a touchdown, Jake. You don't remember that? I do. That was by far his best game of the season, (laughs) according to PFF anyway.
2: And in his defense, he has been better in the last few weeks. But if you look at his week by week grades over there and I know PFF isn't the be all end all their grades for linebackers. I think this year in particular are very harsh Uh, linebackers and the way they evaluate football in terms of, you know, direct targets and and what impact they're directly making on plays. Are they making the tackle for loss? Are they forcing the ball back inside? It's hard to grade well as a linebacker, but there is a lot of red. And red is bad. There's a lot of red on Patrick Queen's draft chart. Just pointing it out. I mean, he's clearly very athletic, right? Like He he clearly can be very, very good, but he has taken some time. and And I liked him as a prospect. I just wasn't dismayed about not getting a linebacker in the second round because of positional value. I, I think that while the Bengals offense is on the field, the things that you have to worry about, and I'm sure you're going to talk with Kevin about this, is Calais Campbell and and really Marlon Humphrey. Those two guys, significant weapons in the Ravens defense and the safeties aren't bad either, but you know Marlon Humphrey's going to punch a ball out at some point and it's going to piss me off. Or Calais or Campbell is going to fold over you know, Trey Hopkins or Suofilo or, or Spain at some point
0: and just do what he does. And that that's the challenge, right? And, and Humphrey did that last game, last matchup between these two teams. And, and that's what's going to be really tough here is can the Bengals do what they've done the past two weeks, which is play clean, turnover free, uh, only two sacks in two games and and really just look like a well-coached, clean team. If they do that and they lose 34 to 20, or twenty eight seventeen. I think you feel good about it, but if if the end result is what it was in week five, where Allen looks confused, and this that was really the only time Bro got confused, Humphrey po- uh, pokes the ball out. You already jinxed it, by the way. Patrick Queen's gonna have like fifty two tackles on Sunday now because you you crapped all over him. So that that's gonna happen. Um, if, if that happens, and and it's the other way, and suddenly people on Monday and Tuesday are saying, look out for Baltimore. Did you see the way they're surging? And, and part of that's because they cap it off with a win over the Bengals. Uh, I think that uh, we'll take a step back with our optimism because I, I think a lot of people have, have been a little more optimistic, and rightfully so. I mean, the Bengals have been playing well. Um, so it, it's going to be fun to see which which thing comes true here. Right, do the Ravens limp into the playoffs with a close win over the Bengals, or do they lose to the Bengals and need help? Or do they look like they did in Week 5, which is just far head shoulders above a team like Cincinnati as they look for that playoff berth
2: and the Ravens have been hot lately so I mean I'm looking for the Bengals to be competitive in this game if we're looking for for things to be optimistic about but much like the Steelers game I I have a hard time seeing the path to victory you know if you can capitalize on some mistakes again as they did against the Steelers great if you can play turnover free clean offensive football great but the Ravens aren't going to turn their back and sprint sprint away from the line of scrimmage on play action the way the Texans did. They're not going to give you those opportunities in the screen game. They're not going to be so stubbornly sitting on underneath stuff. But if those corners are hurt, there, there probably will be opportunities if Brandon Allen is seeing the field well enough to take some shots downfield. So some things to watch on the Bengals offense. Certainly, you know, you're you're always watching the offensive line with this team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got T. Higgins. You've got Brandon Allen coming off his best week. You've got A.J. Green chasing records. So some things to watch when the Bengals are on offense. And when they're on defense, you know who I'm going to be watching this week? I'm going to be watching Sam Hubbard. You know why I'm going to be watching Sam Hubbard this week? Because Sam Hubbard looks healthy. I think that a lot of his struggles early in the season could potentially be attributed to a rough patch of health. He did miss some time from week 5 to week 10. He was dealing with some injuries. And he's been really good the last few weeks. Obviously, he has a capstone play with that strip sack to seal the game against Deshaun Watson last week. But against DJ Fluker, most likely, that's a pretty good matchup for him. He could do okay there. So uh, Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, the edge rushers, I'm pretty excited to see those guys this week. Lawson has a fun matchup with Orlando Brown. Sam Hubbard, been playing well. Can he can he carry that into the offseason? That would be fantastic, right? If they get him to take a step forward here at the end of this year,
0: that would give you some confidence in these edge rushers. And if there is a path to victory, it's that. It's Hubbard's getting pressure off the edge and Lawson can't be contained, and they're they're forcing Lamar Jackson to push the ball to the boundary and and taking away some of the short stuff and keeping him contained and hitting him and being physical. And I agree with you. I think he does look healthy. For the first time this season, Hubbard, that elbow seems to be closer to one hundred percent. He does seem to be getting off the line more. And and you just see him more involved and active. And and that's a, a great sign because outside of Lawson, they hadn't had that from anyone. And as we saw last week with JJ Watt, you can have one guy get pressure all day long and scheme around it. And that's what teams have been doing to the Bengals. And so, yeah, if if Hubbard can continue that, look he can be extended this off season too. like, this is a guy that coming into this year, led his draft sa- class in sacks and an injury potentially got in the way of, of him being extended this off season. And so that that's, that's something he has to be thinking about in this game. Cause if you get a couple sacks here, let's just say he gets two sacks on Sunday. Well, then his agent can say, well, my guy was, was healthy. Strip sack on Deshaun Watson, two sacks on Lamar Jackson, huge games. Let's get something done. And, if you're the Bengals, maybe you look at it. So there's a lot on the line, I think, uh, both football-wise, just to see you know, who can grow and stuff. And Hubbard's one of those guys, and then contractually as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, that would double his sack total this year. A lot of Bengals fans in the preseason were thinking, oh, Sam Hubbard, he's going to continue his trajectory. He had six sacks his rookie year. He had nine sacks his second year. This year, he'll surely have more than 10. And I was trying to tell people not to take a victory lap. Here we lap, go. But victory take a little lap. Bit. A little uh, bit of a victory lap. He had two this year. I mean, the, the, he, he's just not getting... And Brandon Thorne does a really good job of this, by the way. He, he's starting high-quality sacks. Sam Hubbard has some high-quality sacks. They're just not super common or consistent. But if, if he can continue to play well as a pass rusher, that bodes very well for the Bengals and his future. And, and the other thing you're watching, obviously, Darius Phillips out there. I mean, he, he's been really great and fun to watch the last few weeks. And the safeties, also great and fun to watch the last few weeks. The development of these rookie linebackers is still interesting. Marcus Bailey starting to get some snaps. How many snaps does Akeem Davis Gaither get with Logan Wilson still out with injury? Does Jermaine Pratt continue to play a little bit better? These are things that we're going to have to pay attention to as well. While the Ravens have the ball and the Bengals try to deal with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, etc., cetera, I would say. I think those are the primary names you worry about, though. And I'm sure you're going to talk about that a lot with Kevin.
0: Locked on Ravens crossover coming up next. Before we get to the crossover, it's time to talk about the number one protein bar on the planet, the protein bar I'm staring at right now. It's Built Bar. I'm looking at a mint brownie one on my desk. I can't wait to devour this thing. When we finish the podcast, I'm starving and Built Bar is the perfect pre-workout, post-workout, in-between meal snack for you. They come in 18 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And the best part about Bilt Bar isn't their amazing taste or their variety of flavors. It's the macros. You're working on your 2021 summer bot. At some point, you're going to be traveling again and out of quarantine, and you want to look great. Well, Bilt Bar can help you do that because they're low in sugar, high in protein, Perfect for your macros so you can achieve your fitness and dieting goals. So go there right now. Builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You're gonna get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: It's time for our final crossover of the 2020 season. Let's welcome him in. Kevin Ostreicher covers the Ravens locked on Ravens. Check him out there. Kevin, appreciate the time. As always, let's start with the mood in Baltimore because this team blew out the Bengals way back in week five. They need a win to get into the postseason at the same time. This Bengals team has won two straight. So how are Ravens fans feeling? What's the general mood right now in Baltimore?
3: the mood in Baltimore right now, I think has to be excitement from a lot of fans. There was, you know, there was a chance that Baltimore misses the playoffs at 11 and five, or at least we're going to miss the playoffs at 11 and five. They would have been the third team ever since 1978 to do so when the NFL implemented that 16 or 17 game schedule. And for the Ravens, That would have just been a nightmare because they go to six and five, they play good football, they're arguably one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and to miss the playoffs after doing all that, after coming back, it would have been a nightmare. So right now, I think some people are looking ahead, and in the NFL, you, you just can't do that. You can't do that against NFL talent. We've seen what the Jets have done two weeks in a row. We've seen the Bengals play really good football over the past two weeks too, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And James Ravens nation was right up there with Bengals nation in terms of how happy they were that happened. And there was just a lot of jubilation in Baltimore just because the Ravens now, if they win, they're in. And I know a lot of fans in Baltimore look back to 2017 and they see the Tyler Boyd fourth and 12 play and it gives them nightmares and flashbacks. But I think this team is just a bit different. Obviously, with Brandon Allen in there instead of Joe Burrow, it should be a different game. But one of the Ravens' weaknesses on defense, at least earlier in the season, was you know just how they defend screens, how they defend the quick passes. And Brandon Allen, it seems, the pass game with him is a bit of a quick-hitting one. So for the fans in Baltimore, they... They are excited for the chance to make the playoffs. This team has dealt with the coronavirus, has dealt with injuries, as every team has with injuries, and they really didn't play as well as they probably could have and should have earlier in the season. But now they're in the position to earn the right to go to the playoffs, and that has everyone in Baltimore excited.
0: I get it. I totally get it. I think that's where Bengals fans hope to be next year. As far as Lamar Jackson goes, and when you think of the Ravens, they obviously begin and end with the reigning MVP. I know he was a little dinged up in week five and the Bengals contained him. And I say that in quotes to like three yards. I think it had more to do with the Ravens game plan of protecting him than anything. Is he healthy? It seems like it given the offensive outputs that we've seen out of the Ravens in recent weeks. And if so, what's different, what's changed for this offense over the past few games?
3: Yeah, James, Lamar Jackson, I think, has just found himself. You mentioned that last matchup with Cincinnati where the Ravens and Bengals clashed. the Ravens win 27-3, to three. Lamar Jackson two carries for three yards. He was not utilized in the run game. The Ravens offense earlier in the season, I think the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman, they were trying to force the football a little bit down the field. They were trying to, I think, be an offense that they just weren't. And over these last four weeks, the Ravens have gone 4-0. and They've been phenomenal on the offensive side of the ball. And part of that is just because they've gotten back to what they are good at. And that is running the football. Now, that's not to say they're not good throwing the football, but when Baltimore's run offense works like it does, and when it's hitting on all cylinders, it opens up the play-action game. It opens up RPOs. It opens up the pass game in the middle of the field. Lamar Jackson is also starting to throw outside. The number's a bit And that is important because the whole field starts to open up for Lamar Jackson. A big point in this game against Cincinnati back all those months ago, it seems, is that Mark Ingram led this team with 11 carries for 57 yards. Mark Ingram over the last couple of weeks has been a healthy inactive because he just was not getting it done. And J.K. Dobbins in this game only had one carry for 34 yards. Dobbins has pretty much ascended to the lead back role. He's been phenomenal. And Gus Edwards has been his change of pace, but it's really a one-two combination. And along with that, along with the Ravens' offensive line that has lost Ronnie Stanley, they've lost Nick Boyle, who is one of the best, if not the best, blocking tight ends in the league. They've put together this makeshift offensive line. They moved right tackle Orlando Brown to the left side. They're doing a bunch of different things. And they are playing lights out right now. So when you have that offensive line blocking, both opening up rushing lanes and making clear pockets for Lamar Jackson, I think everything is just clicking right now. And the Ravens are really hot right now on offense.
0: And they're going to be really, really tough to contain. The Bengals faced a similar quarterback. I I say similar because he can move and stuff. And Deshaun Watson last week, and it was the first time they had gotten beaten up and chiseled like that since, uh, I think, week 10. So uh, it's certainly a, a different aspect and a different dynamic anytime you're facing Lamar Jackson let me ask you about one more player on offense and a guy that I think everyone knows in fantasy leagues or from fantasy but Marquise Brown he's a guy that got off to a slow start voiced some frustration I know Lamar had some struggles with the deep ball but just from a fantasy aspect he's been much more productive Uh, and I say that from experience because I have him in a few spots how is he in in Lamar's chemistry right now, is this a guy that the Bengals cornerback room, whether it's William Jackson or someone else, they're going to have to really keep an eye on?
3: I, I think so, James. And the story with Marquise Brown earlier in the year, you mentioned it. He struggled. And I think a lot of it came just from I think he put big expectations upon himself, as I think most players do and should. They expect a lot out of themselves, and Marquise Brown certainly has the talent to be a great wide receiver in this league, but he struggled with drops. He struggled with separation. His effort was questioned, and I think that all kind of came together in Week 14 against Cleveland where he dropped three passes, and then, as everybody knows that Lamar Jackson leaves the game with cramps, comes back to the field. In the first play, he airs that ball out to Marquise Brown, and he secures it for the touchdown, and I think that play literally by itself gave Marquise Brown confidence. And over the past two weeks, he has looked phenomenal. He's been been almost reborn in this Baltimore offense. He's putting in effort now. He's coming down with some catches. It's not all perfect, although for any player, it's not. But with Marquise Brown, he brings a speed aspect. His route running has gotten better. He hasn't dropped passes ever since that Cleveland game. And so, sure, it's a small sample size. It's only been one play from one game and then two other games. But that momentum has been enough to help Lamar Jackson's chemistry with Brown get back to what it was. And with the Ravens, I think, again, it all goes back to the run game, those running plays. And if you're chunking out the defense on run plays, it's opening up the field for Marquise Brown. We saw a deep shot from Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown against Jacksonville. And those are the types of plays the Ravens need It's those outside the number plays. And Lamar Jackson, the, the book on Lamar Jackson, or at least what people say the book is, is if you can take away the middle of the field and force him to throw outside you win the game because he can't do it. But he has improved in that aspect, and part of it is because receivers like Marquise Brown, like Des Bryant, who was, who's been a very nice late-season addition, are stepping up. So with Marquise Brown, the Bengals should certainly keep an eye on him because, no, he hasn't had the season or at least even the career is his fellow counterparts in that wide receiver draft, such as A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. But he is still filling a role for Baltimore that's a really big one and really helps this offense.
0: Kevin, let's switch gears. Talk about the defense and this defense obviously confused Joe Burrow. We were talking about it before we were recording. It was the first time Burrow looked like a rookie this season way back in in week five. Obviously, he won't be out there, but you're getting a quarterback in Brandon Allen who threw for over 300 yards, completed 70 percent or more of his passes in each of his last two games. is playing pretty well right now. How is the Ravens defense playing? Because I I think this is going to be a huge, huge test to the, the Zach Taylor backers who think that he may have figured something out uh, on offense because they've been more productive in recent weeks. And then obviously the Brandon Allen crowd because the, the Ravens defense is, is much, much tougher. Is that still the case? I assume it would be. But what's the state of that group right now?
3: Yeah, James, the Ravens defense has been – absolutely decimated by injuries and it's been a thing where they've had guys go out they've then had those guys come back and then other guys go out it's just been almost a revolving door in all aspects ever since honestly week two where Tavon Young the Ravens slot corner one of the best slot corners who I think not a lot of people have heard of is lost for the year the third time in five years he's had a season-ending injury he tore his ACL so with the Ravens, they've had guys like Calais Campbell miss significant amount of time, someone who was supposed to reshape and reform that defense. Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith have missed time. The Ravens, I think Marlon Humphrey is the only cornerback who has played in every game for the Ravens except for one. He missed one game with coronavirus, but – the Ravens have just been decimated at the cornerback position. The the story for the Ravens is they go and they bring in, you know, they have a nice amount of corners. People will say it's 50 million corners they start with, and they end the season with probably three because the cornerback position just gets decimated. So now with Calais Campbell coming back, and he appears to be closer to full strength now. Marcus Peters returned to practice yesterday. He hopefully will be back for this game against Cincinnati. Jimmy Smith is a huge part of his defense. The Ravens' defense, albeit with all that stuff happening, has been performing pretty well, although at times they sincerely, sincerely struggle. They have an issue with putting together a full 60 minutes of football. They play lights out in the first half, for example. They get up big. The offense scores points. And then the defense, they let the foot up off the gas. And they let an offense drive down the field. They'll have bad quarters, bad possessions. Penalties have been an issue for this defense as well. Offsides, there's roughing the passer. The the defense, the execution is there. The pass rush also struggles at times. Matthew Judon has come on as of late. He is somebody who the Ravens need to come on. He leads this team with six sacks. Claes Campbell is next in line with four. And Iken Gakwe has been a pleasant addition to this Ravens defense. The stats haven't been there for him but he has been disrupting quarterbacks each and every week, even if he's not getting them on the ground. So the Ravens' defense, the depth is there, the performance is there, and the talent is there. It's just a matter of them putting together good football for 60 minutes.
0: That's Kevin Ostriker, locked on Ravens in our final crossover. We made it the final crossover of 2020 as we preview Sunday's game. Jake and I will be back at it Sunday night, win, lose, draw. Can the Bengals win three in a row for the first time since 2015? We'll discuss it regardless coming up next time on Locked on Bengals. For Jake, Lisco. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.